First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am joined in studio by the lovely Molly Williams. Hello, Molly. Hello, Sarah. And if people hear scratching, that's somebody else who wants to be in studio. That's Augie at the door. Oh, Yes, yes. So we are sweaty, fresh off a workout. We went to, what was it called? Friendly Fire. Friendly Fire. I always want to call it Flow Rider. That's a different one, isn't it? <laughs> that is Flow Rider is a, a yoga class at the refinery. Oh, that's right. And funny thing is, I was also, I got dressed in cycling clothes about a week ago Friday. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to that midday spin class. Because I was emphasis on the, I thought it was a joke on rider, like Flow Rider. Mm-hmm. And oh, no, no, the emphasis is on flow. It's a yoga class. This makes me think of being on your period, doesn't it? Flow Rider. <laughs> <laughs> For that special time of the month, we have Flow Rider. But we went to Friendly Fire. <laughs> Friendly Fire, yes, we did, which is a hour-long group strength class. Yeah, for people that aren't real bouncy. That, are, that aren't ready to be in the, They have a class called The Burn, and it's much harder. So yeah. get it, Friendly Fire versus The Burn. That was still pretty hard. It is. I'm still sweaty. Yeah, yeah. I took it relatively easy since I haven't been doing much in the way of weights but after your last podcast i want to get back into that i know i did a yeah. bear crawl inspired by dimity really well oh thank Excellent you very much I, it was a brown bear <laughs> where are the blueberries <laughs> it was a brown bear crawl <laughs> was it quite a grizzly uh yeah look at but i'm gonna do that more of the weight training stuff after i finish this cycle for you know the training cycle yes which i'm on week seven yeah, very good. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, for Anchorage, yep. half marathon. Yep. Speaking of bears. Yeah. <laughs> so on the drive, when we go to, as you know, when we go to Friendly Fire, you pick me up, and on the drive there, you taught me a new word, Molly. You taught me... Oh, prama. Prama. Prom so... drama. <laughs> Few uh, things better than one of those. <laughs> yeah, so Eleonora is a senior in high school, and it's prama time mm-hmm. and so we had prama over the dress so she ordered we went to nordstrom she found some dresses she liked but not the ones so i said we'll just order some stuff online order some stuff from nordstrom because it's easy to return just order mm-hmm. a bunch of dresses mm-hmm. try them on and we can return them so she orders a bunch of dresses and she picks out the one she likes it's beautiful it's um light pink kind of a champagne pink mm. it's a bit of a ball gown it's Ooh. tight around the bodice spaghetti straps it's very, very pretty. It looks, everything looks great on her because mm-hmm. she's 17 and right. everything looks great on her. And her skin <laughs> is really firm. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't look like she's got an 18-year-old baby in the middle of her. 
abdomen like I do. But anyway, uh, so everything was great on her. She picked out the dress. We're, we're good. And then I noticed this other dress around. I'm like, oh, you need to return that dress. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, well, I only ha- I ordered that one from another company, and I only had seven days to return it, and I can't return it. Oh, no, she did not. Like, yeah, right. I'm like, okay, well, you, you need to either pay me for that dress or, you know, I'll pay for the one that's more expensive, but you're, you're buying that other dress. I guess, yeah, and, I think that's generous of you, Molly. And she's like, well, it's not my fault. Uh, oh, <laughs> they didn't tell me that it was only seven days until I called them. I'm like, mm-hmm. Right. Uh-huh, yeah, that would be called the fine print on the website. Right, so I'm like, okay, love and logic, you know, she'll pay me for the dress. And then I was talking to my friend Jenny, and she's like, call the company. Just yeah. tell them you weren't home. She used your credit card, which is totally true. I did. They were great. They're like, <gasps> yep, return it. There's a 10% restocking fee, no problem. So she got it back. Fabulous. There. So one promo taken care of. Yeah, yeah. Another promo was who's going to go with who, and are they going to get a limo? They were thinking about getting a limo. Limo, over $800 for a limo. Stop it. I am not kidding. And I ain't paying for it. And so then she was going to get money from all her friends, and they were going to get this limo, and she's going to use my credit card. I'm like, you make sure you got cash. Cash in hand. Before you use my credit card. And then there was a change in, like, who was going with who, and so then the whole limo thing's out, which is great. We're going to drive her. I think I'm going to find a fancy mustache, a good cap. (laughs) Make sure I'm prepared. Get some bottled water. You're ready, my lady? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure you can embarrass her really good. So that was the other promo. But I think we're on the home stretch, a week from Friday. And $800 just for a regular run-of-the-mill limo. Like not – I bet I, it's from right down the street. There's that uh, limo place right down yeah, the street from me. I couldn't tell you. I think it was like more if it was over six people and maybe that's what they were looking – I don't know. I couldn't tell but you. But it wasn't details. like a Humvee or something. I don't think so. Now, my friend Matt has a friend. Matt knows everybody. He has Mm -hmm. a friend that does everything. So Matt has a friend who does own a limo company. And Mm -hmm. so Matt called his friend to see what his rates were. And he does have Humvees and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Over (gasps) $1,000. It was $1,100 to rent one of those. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, who who does it? (laughs) No, seriously. (laughs) Who does it? This guy ended up with some extra money. And he bought these fancy cars. And then he, he would drive them. And then he got drivers. And he's, like, making a living... Doing this limo thing. Oh, my gosh. I know. That is amazing. Yeah. Uh, so when you went to, you went to prom, right, Molly, back in the day? I did. Yeah. Uh-huh. Did you? Yes. I went, my oh. high school was so small. How small was it, Sarah? Um, uh, we did not have a prom my senior year. Mm. And so, but I um, met a guy, Don Sims, from Royton, Connecticut, who took me to his prom. And it was a um, parochial school. And I was the only person there who didn't attend the school oh no but that's when you had that cute laura ashley dress i did i had the most exquisite dress the 80s and laura (laughs) ashley you young people you don't know what you're missing (laughs) it was a pink pale pink moire taffeta and oh it's just divine and um but it definitely cost a pretty penny and it was a big deal in Mm -hmm. my family that my parents let me keep it let me buy it yeah um but you know what prom just comes along get the laura ashley dress you did you told me you had a theory share that theory about the dresses that you that you because you and i are both thrifty let's say that right and you said you told me that you figured that you know so if you had three girls go through this this is ellie's your third one and that you were like you know what who was it was it your mom or no well it it goes back to first communion because like oh that's what it was i when i was a kid in first communion um and then we went to a Newman Center, so you know, student-led thing, and it was the 70s. 
I took first communion in um, an orange jumpsuit, I think. And I had, that's honestly, and I had like the, the you white. You look like you're a convict. Yeah. I, I, I think... Did you have ankle shackles on? It had embroidery. And, you know, I had the white um, thing over my shoulders and that was my white garment, you know, mm. like they do for baptism. Like a I... lobster bib? No, you know what I'm talking about. You, you're Catholic. You know, the thing, the long scarf that goes around your shoulder and I decorated it with like symbols of baptism and. It, it was, I don't know what you're talking it about. It was but a 70s. You're saying like what priests wear? A vestment. Almost. Well, it was just the vestment so for like lay people. Scarf. Hmm. We're digressing. <laughs> I need to move on with the story or we will be stuck for a while. So when it came around to, to Lainey, my first daughter, doing First Communion, I'm like, we go, we'll go find a white t-shirt and a white skirt. You're good to go. No. All these girls had the fancy dresses, gloves, shoes, you know, flowers in their hairs. I had no idea because oh. I, I just... And did Lane indeed have a t-shirt and a white skirt? She did. Oh, shoot. Oh, And actually, that was a therapy. redo because the first outfit we had was like mostly white. I'm like, it's got white in it. <laughs> and then the, the first community teacher's like, no, that's not going to cut it. So, yeah. So, it and she doesn't let me live it down. So then when Lucy, so then my aunt said, you know, they went through first communion. The kids, you know, my kids didn't want to do it. I mean, uh-huh. they didn't love it. Let's say that. You know, uh-huh. it was always a little bit of a chore getting them there. She's like, get them whatever they want. Mm. She's like, take them to Nordstrom, buy them the fancy first mm-hmm. communion dress, get them the shoes, get them the flowers, get them the gloves, get them the purse. Just, you know, go ahead and wow. celebrate it. And I did. And it was so much better. I mean, the money's gone. The money's gone. Right. Yeah. And so the same thing with prom. It just comes around. Once yeah. or twice in their yeah. life, just go ahead and celebrate it. Spend the money. Don't right. worry about it. And but don't have two prom dresses. That's the moral. Don't have two because you are dresses. not a uh, you know no. Marla Maples bride. No. You and don't have one dress for the yes. ceremony and one for the reception. Yeah, not in our house. But and thank you, prom girl, for returning the dress. Ten percent mm-hmm. restocking. I'm cool with that. That's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Oh my gosh! Wow. Wow. And then oh, and then we were going to talk briefly about. So you were saying in the drive over there that. Your knee, so, you know, I, I have not been, I don't know if I've even said this on the podcast, I have not been running in April, uh, because... Because you want to avoid me. Uh, <laughs> how do I do this? Um, no, because I, I have a twinge in my ankle, in my heel, that I guess I talked about with Dimity last week, and um, so I've taken the month off, and so, um, and but it, then you were talking about how you, when you go out, you're like, oh, what's your knee going to do? My knees. And there's that trepidation. Yeah, they're still sore. Uh, mm-hmm. I just, I think low-grade arthritis. I get out the door. I've been doing all the workouts. Uh, I have moderate, mild to moderate pain kind of the whole time. Mm. Sometimes ramping up a little at the end, sometimes not. Mm-hmm. But it's not sustained pain. So mm-hmm. after I'm done, I'm not having swelling in my knee the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And That's I, good. I feel okay, and I can still walk up and down stairs. So... You know, I'm just I'm just gonna keep going and just a little at a time. And on my uh, alternate days, like where you can run or you can do cross training, I'm trying to do cross training mm-hmm. or spinning to get mm-hmm. off my knees and just take all I can do is take one day at a time. So I'm yep. I'm optimistic, cautiously mm-hmm. optimistic. Mm-hmm. I wish I had the knees that I had ten years ago, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's all we can do, right? Water under the bridge. Water yeah. under the bridge. Yeah, yeah. So that but you talking about that trepidation really struck a chord with me because. Uh, my ankle or my, it's not my ankle. It's not my ankle. It's my, the bottom of my foot. And it's actually sort of both my feet a little bit, but more in my left. Um, and you know, there's, when is the day that I'm going to say, okay, mm-hmm. today's the day I'm going to go out and do it because I feel I've been stocking up all this, 
you know, I've been banking all this time of not running. Mm -hmm. And so when do I say, okay, today's the day that I'm going to like, see if that, see if that worked. Mm -hmm. And that if it didn't, then, then I'll be like, Oh, now I have to start from go. I'm all the way back to square one again. You know, it shoots and ladders and there I go squealing down a chute. Um, But you are 100% pain free at this point, right? Oh, uh, I am 99%. Yeah. Okay. uh, And you're aiming for May 1st. Uh, Well, yeah. And the thing is, is I'm headed to Eau Claire next week and I can't decide whether, you know, I had been really excited to run in Eau Claire. I Mm -hmm. love running in a new place. I want to scout it out for our retreat next year. And then I'm like, well, you know, I could just do other things while I'm there. Like, eh. So I don't know. You could give it a try, but you can't go six miles. Oh, I'm definitely not. No, 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 no. Maybe you should just try a run walk and Mm -hmm. rent one of those bikes or something. They probably have those there. Well, and I'm staying at a hotel the first night, the Lismore, which is where there's going to be the headquarters for the retreat next May. And um, I'm thinking, well, they must certainly they must have a gym. Mm -hmm. So to be able to be at a facility that has a bike right there and they probably have weights. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm going to take it as I come. As I told you yesterday... I just felt like there was some fundamental shift and things, things have been feeling good, but yesterday they just, I just felt normal. Good. Like there was just a, like a, I don't know what it was. It was like a, I don't know. It was a deeper sense than I typically have. So good. Anyway. Yeah. All you can do is take it one day at a time. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Cue Mm. the one day at a time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't watched the remake of that. I, I found the first time around was kind of depressing and no it wasn't my yeah no yeah yeah so um well so today's topic was suggested by Catherine watson from sydney australia thank you Catherine, um because she was traveling this month i think so it doesn't this podcast won't be in time to help her but uh she was looking for advice for quote away races races you have to travel to so this podcast is going to be about how to prep for a race where you won't be sleeping in your own bed the night before you won't be cooking your own dinner you know, you'll be in, have, maybe have traveled a couple time zones, driven or flown. And we're going to be talking to three women runners, all of whom travel a lot for races, including a repeat guest from a 2013 episode. They'll share advice and anecdotes after this quick break. Stay with us. First up, we have Katie Ho, who, along with her husband, Mike, founded Race Raves, an online community that reviews and shares experiences about races from 5Ks up to ultra marathons. A resident of Marina del Rey, California, Katie is a fan of 5K and 10K races. She has traveled to a number of her races as well as scores of Mike's races. Welcome, Katie. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. So let's start with your running history. You came to the sport via basketball, right? I did. Uh, Basketball was my first love, um, even though I'm only (laughs) 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 5'3". Point point guard? Point Point guard, guard. yes, exactly. Uh uh (laughs) I know that's there. I've I've blown the extent of my basketball knowledge, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So team sports was kind of my thing, but, you know, um, playing basketball, running was always kind of punishment. You Uh know, you missed a free throw, you had to run lines. Um, So I came to running a little bit later. Um, Once I got older and it was harder to find a game, the gym got to be a little too boring. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I finally started, finally started running and I got out there and I was like, wow, this is actually kind of cool. You know, Mm -hmm. running takes you to places you, um, never get to. And we live in, as you said, we live in LA and we're two miles away from the beach. So, um, yeah, nice, nice running paths out here. Uh uh Well, good. Well, um, I played basketball in eighth grade. I was the worst one on the team. (laughs) Yeah. I was a center. I was terrible. (laughs) Um, and my glasses got broke during a game. Anyway, it was a whole thing. Oh, but no. I, I know it was awful. Um, 
but I made my I got fouled, so then I made my free throws. I like that's my, my oh one your claim to fame, nicely done, yeah. Molly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I gotta confess, I've never heard of race raves before. Sarah told me about it, so can you describe it to someone who's clueless like me? Yeah, so um, the easiest way to think about it, I think, is as a it's like a trip advisor except for races. Um, so we wanted to to build this resource. We have a database of you know, thousands of races, um, and we help people, you know, our, our goal was really to help people discover the best races around the world. Um, you can not only find races, so it's more than just a race calendar, but we also have reviews. So you can actually read actual finisher experiences. You know, mm-hmm. what was the course like? Was it, uh, how were the medals? Um, what was the spectator support like? The communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's really, um, you know, that, that's, that's, that was the genesis behind mm-hmm. it as we discovered, as we got more into running and traveling and, and discovering all these really cool races. Um, if you, and then you can also create a free profile to track your past and future races. So not only the races that you run, but if you have races you've heard about that you want to run, you can create a bit of a wish list. Um, and then if you write reviews, some people actually use it as a running journal um, oh. to kind of remember their experiences. And, and um, you know, it's not quite as much of a commitment as a blog, but it's a really great way to just, um, you know, remember to capture experiences and, and, and also to help other runners. Mm-hmm. Do you have a point system like, you know, five stars or anything like that? No, no, we don't have that. We do have, um, a, a 50 States map. So people who travel, mm-hmm. they can kind of visually see their, see their travels. So when you put in your past races, it just automatically colors in, mm-hmm. um, we have, we do have a, uh, an animal avatar. So when you're creating your profile, you can kind of identify as, are you a cheetah? Are you a horse? Um, if you run trails, are you a mountain goat? Um, or are you a turtle? <laughs> so we're always brainstorming new, uh, new animal avatars, but to kind of help people. Um, yeah, just, you know, so when you're looking at other people's profiles too, you get, get a sense for, are they the type of runner that you are? And, uh, oh, and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. T- team turtle versus team horse. That's right. Like that. <laughs> got it, got it, got it, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, given your front row seats, how does a community like Race Raves help folks choose races and then successfully travel to and complete those races? Yeah, so for us, you know, it was interesting as kind of this discovery process. So when we first started running races, you know, we'd run local races, races we'd heard of through friends. Um, then we discovered trail racing, and then we started traveling a bit. You know, we would meet up with friends and we started just hearing about all these incredibly cool races in these cool places. Like who knew there was an, uh, a race in Antarctica or on the great wall of China. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what really spurred us to create this because, you know, we would, we'd be searching for races and you're just kind of Googling different things. And we we felt like there wasn't really a comprehensive place where you could go and learn more about these things. So um, that's what, you know, that's what we're, we're striving to do. So we, try to help people, you know, we cut races in all sorts of different ways. So it's, you know, you can search based on basic criteria, like, you know, what distance you want to run, you have a general idea of what location or maybe some time frame. But then if you're looking for a particular type of race, you know, like, who, again, who knew that there were um, races near national parks or in wine country and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we're, we're, race raves is most valuable when it comes to helping people find races. Um and then through the, you know, through reviews and kind of the, our own personal experiences and the collective wisdom of the community, there are lots of tips people have around traveling. So people will often write up like, hey, here's where I stayed. It was walking distance mm. to the start line. Um, or here's a 
you know, when you're traveling to this place, you have to go, uh, you have to go see this site or you have to go visit this park. Um, mm-hmm. So they do give, so there's sometimes people will put in travel, like actual like sightseeing or touristy things, advice, or it's not just straight up running, or do you think it is vastly just running? It's mostly about the race. So it really is you know, mostly about um, their experience. I mean, it's funny, we were looking at some of the reviews and the most um, common phrase actually is aid stations. So people, oh. people like to talk about aid stations. They also love to <laughs> um, give a shout out to volunteers, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but but occasionally, people you know people will talk about, if, especially if they've traveled or it's a destination race, they will talk about things beyond that or things they did over the weekend. And you can also message or reply to someone. So if you have a question about a race or you, oh. you want to ask a question, um, you have the ability to do that on the site as well. Oh, that's great. So that's great. You've got to find a race section on the website so you can look for what you kind of want to run. But what advice would you give somebody that's looking for their first away race? Like, what do you think is a good first? Yeah, no, that's, that's a really good question. Um, I think it, it depends on, I think the first thing is just to think about, you know, why, why you want to travel to run, you know, are you, are you planning, uh, are you planning mm-hmm. a vacation around it? Um, is this a, a weekend getaway with your girlfriends? Um, are you looking for a fast course to BQ? Um, mm-hmm. So I think yeah. it's, it's those types of, you know, thinking about the reason first. Uh, as I mentioned, we we can help you cut down the choices based on kind of some basic criteria, but then you can filter them and, you know, filter them based on the ratings. And then you can really start reading about these different experiences. And and we have so many races, I guarantee there will be something in, in there that you haven't heard of, right? We love discovering kind of hidden gems. Um, these These races that you've, you know, just kind of don't, they aren't the big races, the big popular races that you normally hear about um, and helping helping people uncover those. Sure. Um, and conversely to that, do you think that some people, do you think there's some races, and we won't name names here, that they're, <laughs> they're like races that are really well known, but that are kind of not great experiences? And do you think people kind of are able to suss that out? Because I got to say, there's a couple yes. races that I'm like, really? Why is that race popular? Yes, that no, and that does come through. I, I mean, I think people say some, and, and again, we, as you said, we won't name names, but there's some series that may be riding on reputation or, or may have been, you know, there, there's been a change in ownership. And, and people mm-hmm. definitely they call that out. I mean, I think part of it too mm-hmm. is everyone's looking for something different in a race. Um, mm-hmm. So for some people, the, the, the bling and the medals are really super important. Um, right. For other people, they just want a really well-run race where you can tell that runners are, producing it right uh-huh. the thought that goes into again the aid stations the porta potties um the post-race festival that type of thing and um one of the you know one of the things we discovered is that there are so many races and not a lot of time um and so we really want to help people find you know you put so much effort into training for a race or traveling to a race you know we want to make sure that your expectations are set in a way right it would suck to go to a race and um, and just have it not really be what you thought it would be. And so that's one of right. the reasons we wanted to bring the finisher experience into it. Right, right. Because I think about, you know, I, I daydream about going to the, do the Paris Marathon. And uh, then, but I'm like, oh, but oh, what if I don't like it? Uh, you know, because <laughs> cause it's not like I'm going to go to Europe for several races, you mm-hmm. know. So I, um, so, um, but so what are, are there like several kind of away race snafus that you, that people continually mention on your site, do you do you feel there's common kind of you know hiccups that happen? 
You, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't often come up in reviews, but I think that generally when you, when you travel to a race, you know, everything is, your body can be kind of out of sorts because you're not sleeping well based on the time change. Sure. Um, you're not eating what you normally eat or you're trying to, you know, trying to find something familiar. Um, we've certainly heard stories of people, you know, forgetting to pack the basics, like a good friend of ours forgot his shoes um, oh, no. <laughs> and had to buy some at the expo and, and break them in on race day. Um, oh, and another, another tip we've learned and particularly on trail races, this may not be just away races is, um, no toilet paper in the porta potties. So we always, we always take a roll from the hotel and stick it in our gear bag just in case. Good tip. <laughs> Do you think there is one element of a race that people don't often consider until they get boots on the ground? Um, Maybe just the toilet paper and, you know, I think, I think food and nutrition, it, it, food like, and as nutrition. I mentioned, right. So I, I, I'm the kind of person who I'm like planning my next two meals as I'm finishing the one I'm having. And <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, when we travel, I actually will scout out local restaurants and make reservations in advance for, yep, yep. you know, carbo loading the night before, because I just don't want to have to yeah. worry about it when we're there. And we're vegetarian. And it may be really crowded too with yes. the race going on. Yeah. Exactly. Good idea. Um, also pre-race meal, you know, oh. I'm kind of picky about what I like to eat. So I have my granola and then I have this certain non-dairy yogurt that I like. So I, I've been known to call grocery stores ahead of time. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> to, you oh, you're, the, you're that kind of person, yeah. Katie. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you take your oatmeal with you? Yes, I pack whatever I can. And then, you know, if there's certain liquids and things that I can't take, you know, can't pack with, um, take with me, then um, I'll try to make sure I know where to buy it. Because I got to say, for me, that is probably the trickiest part of an away race. And it's funny, I hadn't thought of it when I was putting together the notes for this show. I just so vividly remember being in Big Sur in this nice hotel room. And it was back in the day when I would get taken to races by um, because I was a journalist and being like, huh. How do you make oatmeal in a hotel? Can I, you know, I actually don't know how to make coffee because I'm not a coffee drinker. So I didn't know how to work the coffee machine. And like, Mm -hmm. could I just boil water? And then, you know, how to find a Trader Joe's in Monterey, California and all this stuff. You know, and it was, I guess that was 2010. So maybe I, I don't know. I guess I didn't, maybe I had an iPhone then. I'm not sure. So, so, you know, it was just like, it was just, oh my gosh. And then sitting in the room, what do you got to feel like? And. I've just I've just kind of gagged on way too many dry bagels, right? You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. green bananas. Oh, I, I want my banana that's slightly speckled with brown. I don't want the green ones from the store. <laughs> Do you bring your own nutrition too? Like aid stations, I find you know they tell you they usually tell you what they'll have, but you know there's like a certain flavor I like or. Um, oh. I, oh, I completely pack my own goo energy gels and pack more than I'm going to need because what if I lose some of them? And then right. Molly and I, do you remember, Molly, when we did Vancouver, yeah. uh, BC, and I was so excited because they were going to have chews at the um, one, two of the aid stations. It was a disaster. It was a catastrophe. <laughs> and by the time we got there, people had taken entire packs of them. Open them up. Open them up. Thrown them everywhere. Had oh. like one or two of them and then dropped them. And I honest, and we were they not. were everywhere. We were also, were not at the back of the pack. And we weren't at the front. We weren't at the, the front pack, of the pack, but, but we they were, were gone. Gone, gone, gone. And they were on the ground. And, and I remember thinking like, like, well, that one doesn't look like it's been stepped on, you know? <laughs> And so, so definitely, you know, trying to um, 
bank on that is, I think, not a good yeah. move. They also ran out of water at the beginning of that race. Yeah, and they ran out of cups. I, I feel bad because we like that race, but they we ran did. out of cups. And I remember in uh, Stanley Park at maybe mile 24, people were just, there were, there were people yeah. at the water stations, and people were s- holding out their cupped hands. Yeah. Like oh, I hate, it was. I mean, it was like hot. a UNICEF ad. Yeah. I mean, it was. And people was were just hot. passing out, and their bodies everywhere. Yeah. It was there was carnage. <laughs> and then we got, to, and then we got to the end of the race, and you get this little brown paper bag that literally had like a dry bagel and some peanut butter in it. I mean, uh-huh. there, I was like, I, I want some, I want some food. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that brings up a point that I had. And I, I was thinking they were all, all the bags got taken by the half marathoners who finished first. I don't know. I don't think they prepared for us. Yeah, I don't know. It was. <clears throat> it, I think. I think, um, Katie, you can attest to this because you you've traveled internationally. Do you think that um, that there are different standards or expectations? I guess I should say in different countries, and that like because uh, Molly and I have raced two Canadian marathons. And I feel that um, in Canada, they expect racers to be more self-sufficient. And I mean that in a very positive way, that I mm-hmm. feel that in the U.S., there's kind of a, since we're such a litigious society, that there is overcompensation for, you know, every, allowing for everything. And so it's sort of like, you almost feel a little babied in a not good way. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good yes. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And I, th- I think internationally, too, the, the foods and the drinks can be different. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So when we were traveling to South Africa, Mike is running the Comrades Marathon. It's a 54-miler. Wow. And yeah. when we were reading about the aid stations, you know, they talk about things like biscuits. And he's like, I'm not <laughs> having a biscuit on the course. <laughs> or Hardtack. <laughs> and that's a, co- that's a cookie, though, right? <laughs> yes. Like the English biscuit cookie? I think so. Yeah. Um, and, the, you know, the granola bars are a little bit different. The drinks are a little bit different. And then they have these, um, instead of cups, they have these... I think they call them satchels where you have to, they're in a little plastic bag and you have to tear off the corner with your tooth, oh. with your teeth. And then, you know, in order to drink, in order to, to drink the water or the Coke. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely a different experience. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my gosh. And then I just, I would be like, teeth are not tools. Teeth are not tools. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's good to know before you start the race. So yeah. you know yes. what you're getting into. Yeah. You have to yeah. practice a little bit. <laughs> Right. So, uh, so from your experience or that of Mike, because I know that he ch- has traveled to very far flung races, um, what's the best piece of advice or two you'd give someone traveling to a, a race? Um, I guess I mean one very practical one that we learned early on was to pack all of your everything you need for race day in a carry on and to bring it with you. I think Good we've always just been, yeah, we've just been you know terrified of having the airline lose our luggage and not having what we needed. So we always just pack that in a carry on now, um, uh-huh. wherever we travel. And, uh-huh. But I think that, I think the biggest thing is really just like to not sweat the small stuff, right? You know, uh. if you forget something, you have a credit card, you can go, you you know, go. You can go buy it That's <laughs> and, right. and, to be, and to be flexible. And just the most important thing is to remember why you're there and to enjoy yourself. Um, I mean, traveling is just, we've just found it so incredibly gratifying and the people we meet and the places we've we've gone to that we normally you know we we probably wouldn't have otherwise um mm-hmm. it's been a great excuse to go to different places and um it's just kind of important to keep that big picture i think and yeah not to yeah. with the small stuff 
You know, you saying about the, you know, you can always buy something if you forgot it. I remember when I had, um, when I was traveling, when our kids were babies and I went to go see my parents in Connecticut, so 3,000 miles from where I live. And my dad was just, he's a fretter and he was just really worried about it. I'm like, you know, dad, they have Walgreens and Targets there in Connecticut. So if I forgot something, you know, if I didn't bring it up, you know, if I need a bib or, you know, we run out of diapers, I can go buy them. So, (laughs) we do have, you know, we do have like a a checklist now that we, we know exactly what to, to, or hopefully we, it helps us remember everything to pack. Um, one of our members actually just wrote an article on packing tips when you're traveling to a destination race, um, which was really helpful. There are lots of neat little t- tips and tricks in there for about that too. Um, I also think um, I find it's a good idea to pack ahead of time because then if you forgot, then you have time to kind of go through it again and be like, oh, wait, oh, no, no, no. I like that version of the glide or, you know, oh my gosh, I forgot. I got those new socks that I just totally love. I'm going to wear those. Um, Yeah. Particularly because I just think with clothing, I mean, Boston was certainly an example. There's just, you can't, you know, you can't, you really have to pack for every contingency. Remember your watch. Remember, yeah. yeah. I, I started a marathon without my watch, and it was uh, out in the middle of nowhere, and there was nowhere to buy. But a you watch. had a great workaround. You yeah, texted used, me that morning. Yeah, yeah. I you used Strava. You used Strava, and you had it speak to you. Yeah, and I, I but I had to text you and tell you how to yeah. turn on the voice for Strava. It was an emergency emergency text. Many emergency. She, I wasn't sure she was up, and I was like, ah, "Please wake up, help me! I can't figure this out." Yeah, yeah. Anyway, don't forget and, your watch. But that's your. But that was your marathon PR too. It was. It was, and you know that was a little race. Nobody goes to it. It's the kind of race that you could find on race raves, I'm sure. And, you know, if you wanted a scenic Vernonia marathon, it was fantastic. Oh, nice. Yeah. You guys are, you guys are traveling to uh, Anchorage this summer, is that right? We are. And I'm, I'm going to go home and read race raves and uh, see what you say about it. Oh, awesome. Yes. Have you, no. have you been to that one yourself? We have not run there. We've been to Anchorage a, a few times. It's, um, it's incredible. There are, yeah. You guys, how long okay. will we be there? Hardly get, any time at well, all. Well, yeah, we get there super late on a Tuesday and leave like basically midnight Saturday going into Sunday. Yeah. So, okay. but we're having we're having a podcast party at Skinny Raven downtown. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> so we're very excited, and uh, neither one of us has ever been to Alaska before. Okay. So, excited. Yeah, we are very excited. Bring yeah. in a bug spray. Yeah, bring in bug spray. Yeah. <laughs> no, that'll be great. There, there are a ton of great brew pubs, and you have to go to the Snow City Cafe. Oh, okay. oh, I'm writing that down. It's good great brunch. Great. Yeah. I think we went there actually multiple times <laughs> when we were visiting. <laughs> Isn't it funny how you do that? You find like the place I, I went to um, uh, Madison, Wisconsin a million years ago for a rowing race and found this great, I want to say it was called Blue Moose or something. It was a vegetarian cafe and I wasn't a vegetarian and oh gosh, it was the tastiest food. And so my then husband and I went to, oh no, I guess if I take it back, that was Jack. That I was there Your with. Now yeah, my now husband. <laughs> Oops. Uh, it's good he doesn't listen to the show. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, Jack and I went to that twice. Yeah, look at that. Me taking Jack the meat eater to a vegetarian restaurant twice. He must have really loved me back then. <laughs> <laughs> But I diverge. Um, Thank you so much for talking with us, Katie. This was fun. Thanks so much for having me on. Our next guest was originally on our show in March of 2013, talking about her experiences running the World Marathon Majors, which she'll explain later. In addition to traveling abroad extensively to run races, Sandy Borgman is a mom of three who lives in Glen Ellen, a suburb of Chicago. Welcome back to the show, Sandy. Thanks for having me. It's nice to be back. 
So start by reminding folks what the World Marathon Majors is and ask the question I have and answer the question I have been wanting to know for years. Did you figure out how to run the Tokyo Marathon? <laughs> oh, so I have not run Tokyo. It's still oh. on the list. Okay. I know. I know. It you know what? It came right on the heels of Boston 2013 and I just didn't have it in me to yeah. go to Tokyo the following yeah. year. Because mm-hmm. that's what it was, was that, um, that, so explain what it was and then explain how, why I'm specifically asking about Tokyo, if you would. Okay, so it's, um, the World Marathon Majors are London, Chicago, Boston, Berlin, New and New York, uh-huh. and I have run those, and then they added Tokyo a few years back, so. Right, um, they added Tokyo, like, very soon after you ran or I right before you're weeks. about to, yeah, yeah. Is Paris part of it? No, Paris no. is not part of it. Oh, okay. mm-mm, mm-mm. So yeah, so that was like a kick in the teeth that you had like two weeks to enjoy that you'd run it, and then it's like no, no, no. Now the rules have changed. The finish line has been moved. Uh- exactly exactly <laughs> I'll get there one day. I will get there. That's yeah. your last one to do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Of course, you said the finish line. Yeah, oh, that'll be fun. Well, you've traveled a lot. You must like flying. You like sleeping on an airplane and <laughs> That's the funny thing. I travel quite a bit and I am terrified of flying. No way. Oh no. Oh my like, gosh. I need Xanax to get me on a plane. Do you literally take Xanax? I would like to, but when I'm racing, <laughs> I can't yeah. really do that because I get a really bad hangover from it. So what do you do? Uh, white knuckles. You just take your fear and you go with it, huh? I have held strangers' hands. I've done it all. Yeah. Can you sleep on the plane? When I'm not shaking, yes. Aww. Oh my gosh, you poor lamb. I, this really sounds serious. So, so, but I mean, that's like, I mean, that's a lot of stress right before a race. I mean, it's not like you're just going off to go to, you know, Bermuda where you're going to be sitting on a beach for a couple days. It's going to mess your bowels up. Yeah. How are you going to get there and poop on time? <laughs> Let's get down to business right now. <laughs> you're not sleeping. You're not eating. You're not pooping. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so how do you, I mean, how, like, then when you land, like, what are your, you know, tell us, like, do you fly in? A, how many, how much ahead of time do you fly in? You know, do you try to get on local time? You know, all that stuff. You try. And that's the thing about doing these races so far away. It's, you know, their time is an issue when you have three kids and, uh-huh. you know, you, this is a big trip. It could be our vacation. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you can't. It, that's very hard. I think ideally you get to the place three hours or three days ahead of time. Okay. But that's not easy to do. And mm-hmm. I think the thing that I've learned too is that it's not a family vacation to go to a marathon. I think that's maybe <laughs> nobody you... wants to be around a person tapering on vacation. <laughs> That's a fabulous line. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Do you take your family with you? I have. I have. And it's just we the last time we all went to a race and not all of us went just one child and my husband and then my family met us and we were in Paris and I did the Paris Marathon and I did it on a long weekend with planners. It was it was just a 
bad idea. I think there's a lot of things you can do right. I just haven't done them yet. <laughs> okay, so we're going to learn from your mistakes. Um, so okay, exactly. so well, let's say so. So you're speaking my love language with the mentioning Paris Marathon. I told our last guest that that's the um, big international race that I dream about. And so what what did you do wrong? Well, unfortunately, I had plantar fasciitis going oh. into the race, and okay. cobblestones and planter. Yep are yep. a mess, uh-huh. a mess. I flew in Friday before the race and it was on a Sunday. So obviously the jet lag caught uh-huh. up with me. Um, my family from Germany came to meet us. So, you know, we spent the day sightseeing before <laughs> and you know, it's, so those were all things that were probably not working in my favor. However, it's a great race. It's, I mean, fantastic city. So yeah, you just, I just had to go in knowing, you know what? It's not going to be my fastest race, but it can be a lot of fun. <laughs> did you finish? I did finish. Yeah. Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. You had a lot going against you there. That's too bad. And then and when you did you? What? It was, it was fun. And some of the funniest stories came out of that race, you know, so Okay, well, so you got to share at least one funny story with us then. This is probably going to leave me scarred for life. We, um, <laughs> at mile 18, so traveling internationally, I had forgotten to bring Glide. Okay. Oh. And at mile 18, it was just, I mean, horrible bleeding, chafing. It was awful. And I see a medical tent and what appeared to be a man holding Vaseline. So I oh, gosh. pull over and I just grab it and wipe it. Well, it was icy hot type. No. Oh, no. Oh, oh, I didn't see that coming. Oh my gosh. I thought it was like foie gras or something. Either. Well, you, you picked up your stuff, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> tears literally shot straight out of my eyes. Oh. <laughs> Did they have so, the, anything for you there? Oh my gosh, a leather strap to bite on? My gosh. I just rinsed with water and, you know, but it, it, that's one of the lessons in international races. You know, you just think when you're running in the U.S., the people, they're holding out Vaseline. Right. You know? Oh my gosh. We become accustomed and just the way you fuel is different. You know, there's no goo on the course or mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. it's not Gatorade. It's a different kind of drink and that can really mess with your stomach. Mm-hmm. It's Burgundy or Bordeaux or something. Like that. <laughs> Actually the last, I think the last 5k, I was having a hard time finding water, but wow. they were handing out a lot of wine in Paris. Re- for real? Seriously. For real. They, for real. And they like, really drink wine during a race? Get a, a, a selection of red or white wine than it was to get water <laughs> during the race or after the race during oh my goodness gracious oh my gosh i love those french people my gosh <laughs> wow wow so so then you do you typically you know bring all your your goo gels and your you know and you carry water with you in when you do international races or no I I do try to bring my fuel and, you know, some granola bars and things like that from home that I know don't upset my stomach. Uh-huh. I've, um, I've learned it the hard way sometimes in a foreign city. You know, grocery stores aren't open 
on a Sunday mm. morning, yep. mm-hmm. or it's not that easy to say, you know, find something that you like to eat. Also, what I've done is I love that you can order just about anything. Like for London Marathon, I found what they were serving on the course, and I oh. tried it out in training oh, that's before right. I ever yeah. went mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. So that I think was really helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just just knowing the course and knowing what to expect in Berlin, for instance, the the cups they use are different than what we have in the states. So you can't really pinch them when that's... you run. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They're plastic. They're hard. They were like a harder plastic, and they would crack when I tried to pinch no them. No way. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Wow. Wow. So it's it's little things that, you know, you're, we're just not used to when we're racing a lot over here. That's so funny because our previous guest was talking about um, that when her husband did Comrades, they had to rip these little sachets of water open with your teeth and so so it's like oh okay not not just what might what fluid they might be serving but in what vessel they will be serving it you know exactly (laughs) exactly and it can you know when you're going in and berlin was one where i really was hoping to have a great race and Mm -hmm. it was oh man all those little things affect you yeah you know not having mile markers but having kilometers kilometers (laughs) you know it's it's yeah, true because to, what pace am I running? <laughs> right. That you mentioned that. Gosh, all these things I, I had forgotten about until guests start mentioning them. Uh, so I was trying to qualify for uh, Boston at Victoria Marathon, which is in Canada. So it mm-hmm. was marked in kilometers. And I thought I was on pace to do it. And but I just uh, suddenly was like, wait a minute, is a marathon forty one or forty two k? Like and and then I I just was uh, my brain was just scrambled. And so finally, I guess I saw a course official and I said, how many kilometers is the is a marathon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, um, but sometimes you just don't think about those things. How do you deal with changing time zones? Mm-hmm. It it's really hard, and that's. You know, you were talking about the bathroom issue. Yeah. Oh, that we're get, we're getting to like that, that question. That, yeah. <laughs> it, your digestive system kind of suffers. Yeah. And talk about like the morning before the race. Like, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to go to the bathroom? Right. It's, and you know, it just adds stress. Do you take melatonin or fiber? I I don't. I mean, no. <laughs> I, I've heard that people do it. I should start. Maybe when I go to Tokyo. Yeah, I got some psyllium capsules. Um, I don't know why I haven't done this before. Oh my gosh, everything just is easier in the morning. You know what I mean? That's but so funny. At, home, at home, I don't have a problem with it at all. You know, any ah. U.S. races, I haven't uh-huh. had a hard time. It's just when you're jet lagged and your whole body clock is off. Yeah. Oh, it's for sure one of the biggest considerations about why I don't start saving, you know, money to go to Paris is because I just think I would not be able to to poop beforehand. That's why you need three days. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know. Like well, you can't poop and then you have a bagel or a baguette and mm-hmm. some wine. And no, you ain't pooping for another three days. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're carrying five extra pounds. Right. Too. And, you, and you hit those cobblestones and it's not going to be pretty, is it? <laughs> but you know what? I have just really found half marathon for traveling. There that you go. Sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have, it's so much less stressful. 
Mm-hmm. It's a great distance, mm-hmm. and you can walk after. Mm-hmm. Completely. Yeah. You know? And you can get on the plane, and you can go home. Mm-hmm. And then you so, don't take your family, for the most part, when you do the halves? We, I, you know what? We did. We went to Iceland. We took oh, my family. Goodness. And we ran the Midnight Sun Run, which was a half marathon. And we did, we've done Italy mm. and Wales, and the kids were there. And, do and your, my the, your I'm family just, run too? I also want to be adopted by Sandy. Yeah, I'm just going to say that. Right. <laughs> my husband will do a half marathon awesome. um, with me. That's He's only done one marathon, and he doesn't like it. Uh-huh. But half marathons, he can get behind, and he he likes that distance. And for us, you know, it's a great way to exercise on vacation, and nobody's too crabby. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, exactly. And also then, you know, you're, as you said, you can walk afterwards, you know, as Molly alluded to, you can, if you have to get on the plane the next day, you don't, you know, ask for, you know, a wheelchair to get you on and off. And I almost exactly. mean that seriously. And then also, you know, a marathon, it takes a whole lot longer. And so then there's a whole bunch of that day gone and then you're pretty useless for the mm-hmm. rest of the day. I just right. always am in awe of like the people who go do Disney races and they are exploring the park for days leading up to it Mm -hmm. and then their family is not up for just cashing out on the king size bed in the hotel room and they're like come on mom get up we gotta go you know space mountain awaits Mm -hmm. and i'd be like yeah yeah no 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 the the tv remote is what is calling my name you know so Mm -hmm. yeah i think yeah i just it's that's that's the other thing i think about is that so jack and i my husband i don't travel we um I don't know if we've traveled internationally since we had the kids. And I think, oh, well, we got engaged in Paris. I want to go back there. And I'm like, yeah, but do I want to, quote unquote, ruin it by doing a marathon while I'm there? I agree. You know? (laughs) It seems like a lot. It's a whole two days out of your vacation to get that, you know, done. It definitely is a lot harder than Mm -hmm. you think. And I've done three full marathons internationally. And... You know, the first one, I'm like, well, it was so hard because I was pregnant. But the second <laughs> one was like, well, you know, I didn't feel well and I was trying too hard. And mm. so I think the thing about the marathon, over 26 miles, there's so much that can go wrong. Mm-hmm. And then to have it be on an international setting, it's it's tough. <laughs> Yeah, and if it's kilometers, it just goes forever. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Not that high. Oh, no idea where you are. So then, um, so we're fascinated by by maybe some um, cultural or um, practical differences you've seen because Molly and I have run two international marathons. They were both in Canada, and we're intrigued that they started the marathon started at eight forty five. Not eight thirty, not nine, but eight forty-five. Like, do you, have you noticed That's other? Interesting. Yeah, little little quirky things or like unexpected. Like, oh, so that's how they do that here. Um, I think for like for London, what shocked me is that if you weren't wearing some kind of strange costume, mm. you were pretty much, you know, like the crazy one. It looked like an insane asylum. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> It, everybody is dressed as pizzas. The woman who finished before me was wearing like nothing but a thong. Wow. I mean, that was crazy me. stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. That's awesome. So 
I'm kind of, you know, I go in, I'm like wearing my running gear, the fastest shorts I can own. Yeah. And, and, and there's just like a pizza passing me. <laughs> it's a fancy dress ball, as they say, in, on all the period dramas I watch. <laughs> yes. So I found that fascinating. Um, other than that, I don't think, you know, Paris with the wines, that was interesting. Yeah. Yep. And yep. it wasn't like in Chicago, the strangers that are handing out beer for fun. I think it was legit part of the race. <laughs> wow. Because there is that mar- um, that other, there is that marathon. I want to call it the Bordeaux or the, what the is Languedoc the one? The Languedoc region? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where they... I mean, where wine is is part of their, you know, top billing for the whole marathon, you know, that there that are wine stops. That actually sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't because know. Because you're not racing. Yeah, but still my stomach would just, oh my gosh, I don't know. Good point. Like, my yeah. kids want to do the beer mile challenge. Oh gosh. <laughs> where you do a You, you do, I think you chug beer. four times or something. Yeah, you chug a beer every Yeah, lap. every quarter mile, yeah. Yeah, they're, uh-huh. they're betting I could win. <laughs> <laughs> is that a little known fact I don't know about you, Molly, that you're good at chugging beer? Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's funny. I know. Oh my goodness. So then how do you, I mean, t- talk to us about that flight back from, from Berlin or London or Paris. I mean, is it pretty, I mean, so here you are a totally, you know, terrified flyer and, you know, your legs must be cramping like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> well, Paris was the worst with the chafing because I flew home the next day with my daughter (laughs) and didn't have band-aids that big. And (laughs) so when my yoga pants literally fused to the oozing skin, (laughs) every time I had to pull my pants down to go to the bathroom, it would (laughs) newly rip Open Sandy, the wounds. Sandy, you are bringing the best anecdotes ever. It was oh horrible. I'm telling you, it was horrible. Oh, that sounds So that one was rough. Um, at Berlin, I don't even, you know, I think I felt okay after Berlin. You know, uh-huh. you're just so glad to be done and going uh-huh. home. <laughs> oh and then on the way home, you know, I can have a glass of wine, so... I'll sleep and not be yeah. scared. <laughs> that's that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Oh, and what are the what are the spectators? What differences do you notice? I mean, obviously London, Berlin, Paris—they're all huge. But I mean, so when you've done some uh, international half marathons, what differences do you notice about the spectators? You know, like are they quiet? Because I've noticed in when we've done Canada and I for Vancouver, I which was the first one I did, I put my sports nickname Champy on my bib, and no one, no mm. one said Champy, go Champy. Like, or anything champy related. Uh-huh. Whereas when I wore Sarah, I learned my lesson. And in Victoria, I put Sarah on my bib. And some people would yell, Sarah. Um, yeah, so. I, I in in Berlin, they were, the crowds were really friendly and were oh. super sweet. I, I wore a skirt to run Berlin. And somebody even commented, like, you're the best dressed runner out here. <laughs> it was Aww. funny. Because... <laughs> I felt so flattered. I'm like, oh, my skirt. It was cute. <laughs> um, but um, like the half marathons in Iceland, I don't even think we saw people half the time because of the time of the run. Sure. And because there's just really no people in Iceland. Right. <laughs> um, Wales was a ton of fun, super uh-huh. hilly, but it was oh. out in the countryside too. So you're kind of alone. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, yeah, so you kind of just, 
it's it's different from you know the mar- major marathons like Chicago and where it's the whole city closes down and everybody goes. Some of these half marathons that I've done are just people don't even realize there's a race and you just run it and you finish. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah, more Which sheep nice. than people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so all right, then uh, let's close with uh, what what marathons or races do you have upcoming? My next race is Chicago Marathon. Nice. So I've oh, taken okay. a little bit of a break, uh-huh. and um, I ran 20 marathons in 10 years, and I oh think I burned out a little bit. Yeah. So now I am back at it, and we'll run Chicago this year, and then we'll see how it goes. Well, that is awesome. Well, how many times have you run Chicago since it's your hometown race? I've run Chicago, this will be eight or nine I can't oh my gosh. remember. So almost half of them. Yeah. I've run Chicago pretty much every year. I didn't run last year, but uh-huh. every year that I'm not either pregnant or hurt, uh-huh. <laughs> I would run it since I started. It's a great wow. race. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Well, good luck in that. And, yeah, and absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, and I say maybe pack a skirt next time so that, you know, if you get bad chafing, you could, you do, you can just sit, you know, like a man on an airplane with your legs, you know, <laughs> I akimbo. totally learned my lesson. I'm not Lots kidding. Of glide. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yes. Uh, all right. Thanks so much, Sandy. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Our final guest today is Lorelai Sersted, a mom of two who lives in a suburb outside of Cleveland. Lorelai says her aim is to run a mix of half marathons, full marathons, and ultra marathons in every state, which hats off to that goal. Um, Her ultimate dream is to run all the continents. Thanks for joining us, Lorelai. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. So, so I want to hear about your running background. You told me, uh, I, you, you wrote quote, I, I blame my daughter for getting me started in running. So how, how's that? (laughs) I started running five years ago. Um, Oh, he uh, wanted to run a one-mile fun run um, as a fundraiser for the PTA of her school. Uh-huh. And I told her, that's a full mile. And she said, <laughs> that's just half a mile, or just a, that's just a mile. Uh-huh. And I said, no, it's a full mile. And she said, no, it's, it's just a mile. And she said, Mom, I really want to do it. So, I, you know, you can't say no to that. So I signed up. And we ran around the track, and that meant four times around. And by the third time around, I was nearly on my knees crawling. And uh, the other parents and other people that were spectating this event, they were giving me encouraging words like, you can do this. You've got this. And I did not know at the time that I would really hate hearing those words. <laughs> so fourth time around, I, you know, I, I, I ran it and I, you know, did the best that I could and then vowed I would never hear those supportive words ever again and um, took up running. And I said, I will run. I will run the best I can. And I won't need somebody to tell me you can do it. <laughs> So, so lesson of that story is don't patronize Lorelai. She does not like it. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, that, that was something I learned about myself at the time. I had no idea. Or patronize her because she takes off with it and is a champ. That's yeah. fantastic. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> give, her some, give her some crap. See what she does with it. 
five years. That's not very long. And you're doing all these races, half marathons, full marathons, ultra marathons. I know. That's what yeah. I think. Jeannie, I have done. You're a quick study. Uh, I must be because I think in those five years, I've done 144 races. Lordy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yep. Good wow. for you. Oh, my God. I can't even do the math. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's, <laughs> you are that's, I, I, on I, the then, run. Then I'm just going to have to ask because people might be, how, how, how old or young are you? I am 48 years old. And I so started five years ago. Yeah, so awesome. we're not talking you're running these things on 25-year-old legs. No, like no. These are old people legs. <laughs> wow. How oh, are your knees holding out? Oh, I feel great. I feel awesome. fantastic. There's nothing on me that hurts. And, in fact, I was in a ca- casual conversation with, I think, uh, an occupational therapist. And she said that uh, when you start running later in life, um, you tend to be nicer to the body. Those who have started mm. younger have already abused themselves by the time they get to my age. Well, well that's, that's a good theory also because um, mm-hmm. you do have fresh legs. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. like you've been, you, you've been beating them up for all that time. But that's exactly. Um, yeah, and I, I might also posit that perhaps you're a little bit um, sager. You know, that you, um, you know, I don't know, you're not maybe not out like drinking a whole bunch the night before, you know, as a college <laughs> student might or something like that, you know, that. Um... <laughs> no, I, I think there's a lot to that because um, I don't want to injure myself and I don't mm-hmm. you know want to be in pain. So I don't do anything that causes pain. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I train um, to be strong and healthy and not in pain, you know, so um I put a lot of thought into that and maybe somebody who is younger and a little more, um, I don't know. Brash. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Brash. You know, they they may not put that same kind of thought into it. Mm -hmm. Well, we know you're fond of vacation races and you like to Mm -hmm. go to national parks to run half marathons Mm -hmm. uh, so that you can turn that into a family vacation. Yes. Talk us through some of the logistics you need to take care of when you travel to, say, Yosemite or Zion. Okay, so when I'm traveling to a national park um, and I'm bringing my family with me, um, the, <laughs> the first thing I think about is, you know, the race conditions. Um, the first one I did was Yellowstone, and I'm oh. from Ohio, so that <laughs> meant a significant altitude change, and I cannot oh, yeah. train to altitude in Ohio. So uh-huh. um, the first thing I did was set up um, flights. So I wanted to, um, to, in order to accomplish uh, an altitude change that dramatic, you either have to come in a week in advance to to Uh acclimate, or you have to come in the day before, before your body stresses out. So um, we flew in the day before. We actually arrived the day before so that we'd have the day to unpack, rest, get our stuff together. And then the race was the next day. Um, so, you know, in addition to that, I have, um, a a daughter who's disabled, so I have to put a lot of hotel considerations, um, medical considerations into place. And those are, are thought of well in advance, um, to make sure that, um, she is safe while I'm out there running. Um, so, you know, the first thing is, is her health, the hotel and the flight. Um, and then everything else after that just kind of falls into place. Wow. Wow. So you're so you're juggling more even more balls than than say, you know, just a mother who has two able bodied kids. I mean, that's that's um, wow. That is makes that's what you've done even more impressive. So um, and I have to I neglected to ask, how old are your your two kids? Well, my son is now 21. Um, he's okay. been traveling with me for five years. He's uh, 
he's instrumental in taking care of his sister, my daughter. Oh. She's 14. Um, oh, that's so, so wonderful. Yeah, it's so it's it's a, a blessing to have him. He's so um, thoughtful and just so mm-hmm. caring for his sister. So he does the legwork for that. My husband does the legwork for the racing I'm doing, unless he happens to be racing with me. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess it takes a village to take care of a runner. are they able to get out and see you on the race i mean if you're traveling that might be kind of tough to like so they know where to go and watch or do they just see at the beginning and the end no they see me at the beginning and the end they don't Mm -hmm. um come out to watch me usually i try to park them in a safe place where their only focus is to make sure you know that they're healthy and safe Mm -hmm. Um, my husband will um you know he'll do what he can to um, spectate or to help or even to run it with me and a lot of times um, I'll invite friends along to the vacation races and they will, you know, come and spectate and have a good time with this as well. And we usually oh, awesome. stay out there for about a week or two to okay. you know, really make a, an enjoyable time out of it. Do you try to get the race done first and then have the vacation after? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that makes yeah. Sense. Because I don't want to be stressed out about the race. I just want to get in, get it done and then enjoy the rest of it is a, a uh-huh. reward, a recovery. Right. How right. was Yellowstone with the altitude? Did that bother you a lot? Oh, yes, it did. I yeah, thought, you know, with the, with the marathon being 13.1 miles, um, once I got past the start line, um, all I can think was I only have 13 more miles of breathing <laughs> to go. <laughs> did, did they take, take you past the geysers and stuff, or were you kind of on the roads? How well, was that race? no, actually Yellowstone, which I think is probably one of the best vacation races that is out there. Um it went through backcountry, and so it went through bear country. Oh, yeah. And this race required that you had to carry bear spray. Oh, my goodness. Because you could run across bears. Um, my hope was that, uh, you know, the stampeding runners would scare the bears away. Mm-hmm. Um, and which I think worked because we did see bear tracks along the course. So wow. it was kind of exciting. Um, a little scary. And then um, I actually did um, a vacation race at Glacier National Park last year where wow. there actually were bears running with us. And there's Ooh, some oh, photographic evidence ugh. of that. And that might have just been a little bit too close of a call for a bear. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Did, did they stop the race or divert you? or? Um, no, not at all. Actually, they went out in advance. Um and the crew did whatever the crews do to scare away the bears. Uh-huh. And then they had all along the course um, uh, the staff that had guns in case they needed to defend you against bears. Yeah. And, um, and maybe just to scare away the bears. Um, as far as I know, no bear was hurt or shot <laughs> during mm-hmm. this race. And no runner was um, injured by a bear either. Um, but they did put out... Um, uh, a lot of um, staff along the course to make sure the runners were safe. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should mention this vacation races. It's an um, it's like a race series or a race um, organ. They they organize races in national parks. I had never heard of this yes. before yesterday. Yes, oh, they do. I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an organization. Um, I think they were or currently are based in Utah, and most of the they're all centraled around the national parks, and almost all of them have to happen just outside of the national park. Oh. Um, because there's rules against actually having this kind of event inside a national sure. park. I think yeah. Everglades is the only one that allows it inside. 
Um, but they work with the national parks to make it a vacation. So they, they give you reasons to go in and enjoy the national parks while you're there. Uh-huh. And so they put challenges that could last three or four days. Um, they give you challenges um, through the park. Um, that describe uh, what a describe what what the, what like an example of a challenge. So um, like, do you have to go like find like five maple leaves in a rock that's shaped <laughs> like a heart or something? I mean, or uh, what is it? No, they give you destinations to go to. So um, you know, you may have to scale a mountain like at uh, Yellowstone or, you know, visit the geyser at Yellowstone. And then, um, you know, they might say you have to visit three of them and you have to take your bib and your medal and take your picture in front of it as proof. Mm. Um, So they issue like two different types of challenges. They'll give you something like that. That's easy to do that you can do with your family. Uh Um, And then they all, they also offer another challenge that's very hard to do. It's only one challenge and it's very hard to do. And um, if, you know, maybe you don't have your children with you, this is something that's um, easier for you as a single person or as a couple to accomplish. And so are we talking then that you, you just get bragging rights or like, do you get like 10 minutes taken off your finish time? Like, I mean, what's the, Uh, what's the motivation? They give you more bling. Oh, okay. And, which bling. is really it's nice. It's always the bling. Uh-huh. It's always the bling. And then I think um, oftentimes they offer you discounts to future races. Oh, Ooh. okay. So, and uh, you know, I've seen it upwards of $50 off, I think. Uh-huh. So it, it's got a lot of, and you get to see the national parks. It's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just the satisfaction of, you know, having something to work towards and seeing something beautiful at the end. And so then when you go to do those, then is it like you're at some little stream and there's five other people with their bibs and races, bibs and medals? Like, is it like, <laughs> oh, hey, I passed you near mile nine. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it is like that. Sometimes you go, you're the only ones there. Sometimes you go and you see five other runners with their with their bling that they're taking their selfies with. And, and that's actually really nice because you congratulate each other. You high five each yeah, other. Yeah, I bet. Um, just kind of brings a smile to everyone's face. You've had, you know, this thing that you've done together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, let's go back to Craig, your wonderful husband, who's your main pit crew man. Mm -hmm. So he schleps your gear around, bandages your feet and even feeds you ice cream. Yes, he does. He is he available for rent? (laughs) Can I I take him with me on vacation? (laughs) Does he snore? (laughs) Uh, You know, if I've overworked him and utterly exhausted him, he might snore. (laughs) (laughs) He might even be faking it so that I don't wake him up and make him do something else. (laughs) So how come he's so nice to you? You must be nice to him sometimes too, huh? You know, I just have to say that he's probably slated for sainthood (laughs) does he runs too though sometimes right yes he does and then do you do you feed him ice cream i do i'll feed him ice cream but you know he has to say i'd like some ice cream and i'll go get him the ice cream (laughs) but for me he just brings me the ice cream so he really ranks up there as you know just super sweet and super awesome (laughs) that's so nice yeah (laughs) So, he needs to give a camp, like how to be a good husband camp. Is it, do it with yes. another mother runner. You're like, we'll yeah. have him. <laughs> right, right. No, no other men will show up. But no. So, so, uh-huh. Oh, I was going to say, what advice might Craig give to other partners who are going to be traveling with, with their uh, With their runners? significant others? Um, yeah. He is very good at predicting what I need. So uh-huh. I think that he would tell other um, 
you know, the other partners, you know, just know what they need in advance. How do they run? What do they need? What do they want? And have it ready for them in advance. Mm. Um, and then when he knows at the end of a race, when I can't move anymore, when I'm sore all over, he just knows to pack up the things, carry the things. Um, oh he just gosh. has he everything saint. ready. Saint in advance. Craig. I wow. you, St. Craig. <laughs> I don't I don't oh. think you can teach that. I think you either Seriously. you either have Craig or you have yeah. somebody else's husband. <laughs> Jack and John. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, because that uh, yeah, I mean, hmm. Okay. Yeah. So for all you single ladies out there, find a Craig. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're born not made. Yeah. Yeah. So, That's okay, true, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so Lorelai, I definitely want some practical tips since we can't recreate and clone Craig. That, um, but that because about tra- the actual tra- the logistics of traveling. Because here's mm-hmm. here's a to um, interject a little bit that I when I was looking at colleges way back when, I just could not fathom how someone could fly to go to college. Like I just thought, well, how do you get all your stuff there? And I thought the only way to get it there is to drive. Mm-hmm. And so even though I wanted to go to Pomona or Colorado College or something, I lived in Connecticut. So mm-hmm. my sphere was either New England or the Mid-Atlantic states, mm-hmm. um, which I had to learn what the Mid-Atlantic states were before actually going to college. <laughs> I'd never heard that term. Um, and so, um, so I mean, l- let's get down to some brass tacks tips. What are like maybe three tips to when you're driving to a race and three for when you're flying to a race? Uh, it's nicer when you can drive to a race because you can bring all your stuff with you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we, when we're driving for a race, we actually try to bring all of our food with us. Um, oh. Just because it makes, um, you know, you can eat all the time. It makes it more <laughs> um, cost effective. You don't have to, you know, spend a lot of time trying to figure out, you know, where to eat or the logistics of eating. Mm-hmm. Um, we make room in the car. Um, for all of our gear and all of our people. We're very smart packers. We pack only what we need. Mm. Um, We try to make the car comfortable, Um, you know, because you could be sitting in it for a long time. Yep. And we're very good road trippers. Um, So we plan – our road trips can actually be vacations in themselves, like the the going from point A to point B. Um, So we plan the route to be the most interesting route. We plan the route to be places that we can stop and, um, you know, visit many, you know, many little stops like a a half a day visiting this, a half a day visiting that. Mm -hmm. Um, But logistic wise, um, bring only what you need. You have to pack in order. So the stuff you're not going to need that much is the first things loaded in there because it gets buried. Everything mm-hmm. that you're going to need most often you have to pack on top so that you yep. have access to it. Running shoes, um, yep. And we all pack in backpacks. We don't pack in luggage. That way oh you can gosh. grab it and go. Um, you know, you can. it's easy to throw stuff on your back and, and haul it with you. So wow. rather than dragging luggage, which can be too big. So we, we, we pack almost exclusively all in backpacks. Wow. Wow. Okay. And so how about, how do things change when you're flying then? So obviously you don't pack your own food or maybe no. only some of it. No. Uh, yeah. We only, yeah, only bring some of it. Actually, we pack very little of it. We know in advance what to eat over there and we start to train with it over here if we have to. Um, uh, I have noticed with um, when we have to fly somewhere, we pack only in one luggage a piece or one backpack a piece. 
so we pack only in all of us, even if we're not runners, we pack in running clothes because they pack smaller and they pack uh -huh. lighter um, and they're easy to wash and take care of. Um, so we, you know, we, we know how to pack into just one luggage a piece. Um, mm -hmm. Trying to think what else. Again, it's all in backpacks. And uh, we will ship things if we need to. Uh, oh. we, we, we will ship things in advance to the hotels mm -hmm. if it's going to uh -huh. be more than one luggage. And we will ship things back home if uh -huh. we end up with more than one luggage. So shipping things um, is a great way to go. And do you do that when you travel internationally or just domestically? Um, I've done it just domestically, but I've not put it out of my mind for international travels as well. Because mm -hmm. it can just get tricky and super expensive. I mean, you know, you hear about, yes. you're, like you read in the Wall Street Journal, you know, super rich people like FedEx their entire luggage. And it's like, yeah, I don't have that <laughs> type of income. <laughs> no, you know, we've just learned to, to pack, you know, the right kind of clothing. Like I said, the, um, you know, we all wear running gear because it packs smaller and lighter and it's easier to launder when you're away. Mm -hmm. um, we will also pack throwaway things. So um, oh. we will pack like... Um, socks or you know shirts things that are old that we're going to throw away we'll uh -huh. pack and then we just leave it behind uh -huh. and then um yeah then we we don't you know we've either have room now in our luggage for souvenirs that we bought or we just come back with lighter luggage mm -hmm. uh -huh. Uh -huh. and what's your favorite destination race my favorite destination race that i've done so far um, would be yellowstone Okay. Um, so I've done Yellowstone. I've done London, uh, London Marathon. So for uh -huh. internationally, that's my favorite I've done so far. Um, but for a vacation race, Yellowstone, hands down, that is a trail race. Most of their races are a road race. Um, so Yellowstone, I think, has um, a beauty to it that can't really be compared. Mm -hmm. So, and then we just heard from our previous guest that uh, she felt like everybody wore costumes at London. Did you find that to be the case? Oh, yeah. I wore a costume <laughs> at London. Oh, what, <laughs> what did you wear? What were you? Uh, were I you went, in the thong? <laughs> I, I, went, I did not wear a thong, but I went as a butterfly. <laughs> oh, so nice. I had these silk butterfly wings, and I had oh silk butterfly, like uh, a headband that had the wings, and, um, uh, and I dressed as a butterfly. Uh -huh. Oh my gosh. And did you leave that behind then or did you bring it home? I wore that costume because I thought all over I, London, uh -huh, all yeah. over London. I know. <laughs> and I thought that if I hated it, I could ditch it because it wasn't expensive or I could give it to someone. Uh -huh. um, and also that I could leave it behind, but it was such a big hit. I brought it back home with the intention of wearing it to other races, but I haven't done that yet. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Do you you need to share a photo of that with us? Please, uh, I will. I will make sure okay, to send please. it to you. Thank yeah. you, thank you. Very good, very good. <laughs> um, okay, so so I'm impressed that you took into consideration going back to one of your original anecdotes about the altitude and how to prepare for that and you know plan your travel. What other kind of while you're still home prep can you uh, suggest people do when they're either thinking about a race or once they've chosen a race? Oh, uh, well. Since there's a lot of logistics involved in that, the first thing they need to do is um, set up their hotel. Mm -hmm. um, and oftentimes we'll set up several hotels because maybe we're traveling through and we start on the east side of a park and end up on the west side of the park. Oh. Um, but you want to plan those in advance because if you're traveling for a race, um, if you reserve those ahead of time, you'll get the best rate. Yeah. Um, if you try to get a hotel later, the, the hotel rates go up and that gets very expensive. And you may not find um, a hotel with space for you. I have um, to say, I, I have to interject that we're going to Twin Cities Marathon. AMR goes there every year. And 
I just tried to book through the website and almost all of the hotels that have race, you know, like, you know, rates mm-hmm. are full. Yes. And I just was like, what? It is not even May yet. And the race is in early October. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that t- and so, but I ended up just going on hotel.com and found a great rate. So, mm-hmm. so I guess my tip would be, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I don't often go through the race website for a hotel. Oh, I'll go through okay. Expedia or I'll even get an okay. Airbnb because I find that uh-huh. you get the best rates that way. Everyone yeah. else goes through the race website. And so yeah. those will be the first ones to be taken. Yeah. Yeah. And a great thing about an Airbnb is then, you know, all that food that you packed in your car, yes. you can put it in the refrigerator, you can mm-hmm. heat it up, you can cook it, you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about an Airbnb, if you can get one, is that if you get a big one, you can share it with other runners and really bring down your cost. Oh, that's oh. a good idea. How do you mm-hmm. find, other, how do you go about find? like, are well, you saying when you travel with friends or you're just like, Tell well, us how. I'll go a couple of ways. If I'm traveling with a with several friends, um, like uh, I'm doing the Marine Corps Marathon this year, and many okay. of my friends are. So, mm-hmm. you know, we start looking at hotels or Airbnbs to see where we can all fit, and then we split the cost. Um, it could really bring it down. Yeah. Uh, you know, in addition to being able to have the food there um, and free parking. So there's a significant cost savings if you can find an Airbnb and share it with, with friends. Um, I got to say, that's a, that's another big consideration to, to not be scoffed at, parking. So yes. sometimes you do these big city races, and if you you think, oh, I'm going to save money, I'm going to drive to Chicago instead of, mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh, the parking, self-park is $40 a night. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. And you got to so, get from your hotel to the race. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, so yeah, I look for hotels. Hotels that have the pre-parking. Um, for Marine Corps, I found a hotel that was across the street from another hotel, and my hotel has free parking, and the other one does not. Um, oh. And it's a, and it's across the street, so they could be right there. They could be very close. You just have to pay attention and look for it. You're um, a clever, wo- clever woman, Lorelai. <laughs> well, oh. and another thing um, is that I will oftentimes make my hotel reservations before I've even regis- registered for the race. Wow. Um, so I will look um, to see, you know, what's the availability of the hotel? Um, is it close to the start and finish line? Um, and if, it, if I find that it's going to be a logistical nightmare and ends up costing uh-huh. me a fortune, then it may uh-huh. change my mind about me going to that race. Honestly, people might be Mm -hmm. scoffing at that. I think that's brilliant Mm -hmm. because particularly, you know, okay, so Chicago, they definitely have enough hotel rooms. You know, you go to a race in Atlanta, they got enough hotel rooms. Oh, there's a kitty cat there with you, Lorelai. Yes. And so, but, you know, you go to some of these more remote races and, you know, there is, I mean, I'm trying to think, I mean, Gosh, there was one race, I can't remember what it is, and that they were already, oh, uh, Grandma's Marathon in Duluth. Mm-hmm. Whenever we, whenever AMR sometimes has a booth there, we're having a booth there this year, and when Dim and I were debating whether we'd go ourselves, she's like, if so, book a room now, because, like, you know, they're going to, like, I mean, they even say on the website that they have limited rooms, you know, and that's right. a city. Mm-hmm. You know, what if you're doing a race that's in, you know, rural? So right. that's a, that's a brilliant idea, yeah. I did a race in in Utah. It's called Bear Lake Endurance, and mm-hmm. it's actually three races in three states in three days. Wow. And they had at the time one hotel, and so <laughs> it, it, it is one of those very rural places, um, uh-huh. it's literally in the middle of nowhere. Um, yeah. And so there are races like that where you don't have enough hotel space 
to accommodate mm-hmm. the number of racers. Yeah. Yeah. And also just in terms of logistically, because I think of something like Big Sur, where you already have to be driven, you know, you have to get on the buses super early to be bused 26.2 miles to the starting line. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that, you know, how really you want to be up how much earlier or I mean, like Disney races, they have, you know, there are limited hotels or that, you know, the only, you know, super expensive. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's an important consideration. Uh, I, you have to look at the cost of the entire race before you decide uh-huh. to do that race. You know, the transportation, uh-huh. the hotel, the food, you know, parking, uh-huh. um, who's coming with you. Some races can really be um, expensive. I know that when we do the vacation races for the family, you're looking at thousands of dollars. Um, mm-hmm. And it may not change that much, even if it's just two of you going. Um, right. So yeah. those are things that I look at prior to making my decision on whether I want to attend that race or not. Right, right. And so you don't bring your family every time. It sounds like to Marine Corps, they're not joining you. Um, let's see. My husband is running Marine with me, so he will oh. be going. My children Yay, will Craig. not be going. <laughs> I know uh-huh. my St. Craig. Uh, the <laughs> children, they don't always go with me. Um, uh, I, I probably take uh, maybe I'd say 25 to 30 percent of the time. Uh-huh. And the rest uh-huh. of the time I'll travel alone or I will travel with friends. Uh-huh. Okay. And what's, it sounds like that Utah race might, might be the answer to this question, but what's the most far flung race you've ever done? Um, well, I'd have to say other than traveling internationally, probably Utah, um, uh-huh. that one in particular, because it's in Northern Utah, we made a vacation uh-huh. out of it. So you're, you know, you're running three races in three days in three states so okay um, so so utah nevada yes utah um idaho and wyoming oh okay Mm -hmm. oh all right that that corner okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that corner and then in order to finish out the vacation you almost have to travel eight hours in any direction to get somewhere so we (laughs) we traveled eight hours south to visit you know uh, moab which is where arches and canyon lands is sure Um, so beautiful Uh uh-huh um, so that's probably, <laughs> that's probably, yeah, it's, I'd say right that, I, that, that takes the cake. Yeah. 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 So other than Marine Corps, what, what else, what other races are on your horizon? Uh, this year, um, I'm doing the flying pig in a few weeks here. Oh, nice. Oh, you yeah. gotta go see Dimity and coach, coach Amanda. They'll be there. We have okay. An MR booth oh, there. I'll yeah. take a look yeah. at them then. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yep. So that's, uh, that and the Marine Corps are the two, um, marathons that I'm doing this year. And then um, for ultra marathons, my favorite is located here in Cleveland. It's a USATF championship run. It's called North Coast 24. And uh that's where you get to run for 24 hours. Uh-huh. <laughs> get get to i like your choice of verb that's very good uh-huh, yeah. right. uh-huh. <laughs> and um that's my favorite and it's also you know you know 20 minutes from my house so it makes it even better because um, you can always go home during that 24 hours uh, well, no 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 it's so safe <laughs> i'm joking Greg has I'm a joking. place to park until i need him <laughs> oh my gosh wow so you can feed her ice cream right yeah <laughs> that's right so he parks here and then i call him when i need him if i forgot something to bring out yeah, perfect. He'll, he'll bring it out <laughs> oh my Gosh, so do Saint do Saint Craig's friends just call him a total tool or uh... oh, <laughs> I think behind his back he gets a lot of glares. Mm. <laughs> I think other um, husbands won't let their runner wives near him. <laughs> oh, I know. I yeah. think that. I think some hus- <laughs> I can see if um, some women are listening to our podcast, like on a road trip, and the husband's just gonna reach over and like turn it off and be like, "That's enough of that propaganda radio." <laughs> 
Well, you're very nice to Craig. So yeah, yeah. We know yeah, yeah. he really loves you. You know, I yeah. have to be. I can't lose what I got. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds uh, like you take good care of him too. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, it's been a total blast talking to you, Lorelai. Thanks yeah, for joining us and awesome. giving us so many good tips. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was a pleasure. Oh my goodness, such fun. Um, I uh, think I'd like to enjoy a post-race beer with Lorelai and have a lot of laughs. Um, So you have someone in your family who's going to be traveling internationally for a race. I sure do. Lucille Williams is going to run her first marathon at the Vancouver Marathon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so excited for her. (laughs) We're hoping they have cups at mile 24 and shoes at mile 9, as promised. Absolutely. So she and her friend Zeev have been training uh for the following marathon. a train like a mother club yes they yeah. sure have and mm-hmm. they've been having a really good training session and they are going to uh travel up to vancouver they've got an airbnb they're going to run the race and they were going to go with lucy's roommate who was going to run the half marathon okay and then uh her parents were going to go but she ended up with an injury and so she's not I think she, the roommate might still be going, but the parents aren't going. So I think the girls are going to drive themselves back and forth. But I don't get to be there. I know. I Isn't know. that sad? Yeah, yeah. It's just too far to travel. It is a long way. It is it's... a long way. And you should mention, so um, Lucy is, who has been on this show, who was yep. a guest when we talked about um, uh, running and kids um, and children. She's not a, she's an adult, but she is your child. Yeah. Um, and she is finishing up her freshman year at Western Washington. She is. Which is in beautiful Bellingham, Washington, and uh, not too far from the Canadian border. No, she's got about an hour's travel to Vancouver, mm-hmm. maybe. I think so. yeah, 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 yeah. So it's pretty close. Yeah, so that is not this weekend, but the following weekend. That must be May sixth. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. So yeah. I'm really excited for her. So everybody send Lucy good positive vibes. She's yeah. she's going to be great. It is going to be great. It mm-hmm. is, she's going to have a huge smile on her face, that beautiful smile she has. Yeah. Yeah, she's a sweetheart. She's a sweetheart. And so and you and your and and so now we just get, we'll have to get Ellie to do a marathon cuz Lane has done two. Right? You never know. Yeah. Could happen. Yeah. Or has Lane done three? No, Victoria and Eugene. Or did she know Portland. Portland? She's done three. three. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. Go Williams girls. Mm-hmm. Um so, all right, well, let's hear what Dimity and the Train Like a Mother Club is up to. Hello, hello, everybody. It's Dimity here in Denver with your Train Like a Mother Club corner. This week, I am coming to you from the corner of Heart Rate 1 and 01, Heart Rate 101. I wanted to read this awesome post from a woman named Emily, a mother runner named Emily, who is in the middle of week three of the eight-week program. And she says, just popping in to say that I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm actually starting to look forward to these runs. I've always liked the idea of running, but every single time I've attempted to get into it, I find myself A, falling short of my goals, B, not enjoying myself, C, getting injured, and D, getting discouraged but in the form of dismissively or even cheerfully claiming that um, that I'm not really cut out for this whole running thing anyway. Turns out, she says, I just didn't have the right coach, program, or goals yet. It's probably a little too soon to claim any major victory, but I've loved reading about the journeys of others in this group, so I thought I'd share this little slice of mine. And that just makes me so happy, and I know it makes Coach, 
Coach MK ecstatic. Um, you know, heart rate 101 sounds pretty basic, but if you are a struggling runner, if you come back and forth between running and not running, injury and frustration, it is just a lovely, lovely, soft and really fun place to land. So if that's interesting to you, check it out on the Train Like a Mother Club. And in the meantime, have a great week and I will talk to you all next week. Bye. All right. Well, I already mentioned a bunch of upcoming events that we're going to be at, but just to refresh your memory a little bit, um, this weekend, this very weekend, if you're listening to the podcast on the day it comes out, uh, AMR has a booth at the OKC, that's Oklahoma City Memorial Marathon Expo. As I mentioned uh, to Lorelai, uh, Dimity and Coach Amanda will be at Flying Pig in Cincinnati. That's the first weekend in May. That's um, when Prama will be going on. Uh, um, and that same weekend, I will be in Eau Claire, Wisconsin at the Marathon Expo there, as well as scouting the hotel and restaurants for our May 2019 retreat. Woo woo! So put that on your calendar. I know a lot of women have told me they already have. Uh, the day before Mother's Day, I'll be at the Hippie Chick Half and Quarter Marathon just outside of Portland. And then we're really hoping you'll join us for a podcast recording party in Ogden, Utah on Thursday, May 17. We'd love if you could RSVP for that event so we can get a head count for the swag bags. Uh, go to visitogden.com slash AMR slash podcast for more details and let us know you'll be there. We really hope to see you. And also, uh, if I can give another long URL and a promo, um, tell the the St. Craig in your life that uh, to get you for Mother's Day or buy them for friends or sisters or relatives. Um, we are doing the Another Mother Runner Mother's Day box in uh, collaboration with the Runner Box. And that is $70 worth of amazing running gear, including Gooder sunglasses, Balega socks, Noon Immunity, um, these really cute Another Mother Runner bib boards. They're custom. They hold your bib on. Super cute. And more stuff in there. Um, that's uh uh, and that is $70 worth of stuff. It's a mere $40. So, and to find that, it's a little tricky to find it on the Runnerbox site, but it's the runnerbox.com slash product slash Mother's Day. So there'll be a hyperlink in the um, text in the show copy. This podcast was recorded in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward of Sounds Like Pictures. And wherever you are doing them, many happy miles. Happy miles.